You are locked on wild. Your Minnesota wild every day on the pot on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how is your day? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Did you hear that Kevin Garnett is now uh, a, a, what is he, a, a Hall of Famer now for the NBA? Yeah, I did hear that. It must have been because he did such a good job in Uncut Gems. Had to have been, right? Yeah. Like and, and and to be fair, like I've heard nothing but good things of the movie. <laughs> of Kevin Garnett in the movie, like he, they oh, said oh, really? he delivered a Hall of Fame performance. Nice. All right. Um, did you do you have any uh, memories of watching him play basketball at all, or not really? Uh, not too much. I actually listened to his biggest games on the radio. I, I remember okay. distinctly listening to Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals that uh, that ultimately they went down to the Lakers in back in 2002-2003. But I remember that being on the radio. I never got to see him play in person. Yeah, I um I just remember like in like the late 90s when I was still paying attention to basketball like yeah, he was legit a stud around this around these parts and uh you know, it's a damn shame that the Timberwolves could not build around him. Um, but, uh, you know, he was certainly dynamics. I, I heard he wasn't always the, uh, the most pleasant person to be around, but oh no, no, not, no. not at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, kudos to him for getting the, uh, the NBA hall of fame. Um, he's gotta be on a uh, Minnesota sports Mount Rushmore though. Right. I think he has to be, I mean, yeah, there's like George Mike in for basketball, but, uh, does do many people nowadays even remember George Mikan from the Minneapolis Lakers? I doubt it. No, I, mean, I just know of the name, right? Yeah, uh, he's the guy that they had to change the rules for, but that was so long ago. And honestly, like a, a completely different franchise by this point. I'm trying to think of who I would put on my Minnesota sports Mount Rushmore. This could be an entire episode. Oh, but. we really could. Uh man. And all of Minnesota sports, man, you could, you could really do a whole show on just trying to break down and whittle down to uh, to get those final four. Yeah, um, looking at uh, looking at Minnesota like men's like big four professional sports, I think Kevin Garnett has to go on there for football. Do you put Randy Moss? Ooh, um, I think you can certainly. Yeah, well. Who would you put? You know, there's been some really good Vikings players too in the past. For sure, Tarkenton. Uh, yeah, there's Tarkenton. There's um, there. Oh man, I th- you'd almost have to put Randy Moss. But again, he's a player that I was obviously been able to watch. Where, you know, I'm sure there's there's players from the late '60s and '70s that uh, can go on there. I mean. Um, Alan Page, you know, when you're talking about defensive players or, or, you know, there's certainly um, some of those players then that uh, could go on there that you could make a case for. Uh, But for players that I probably watched, yeah, Randy Moss probably is, is, uh, is on there. Uh, Garnett Moss for the twins. It comes down to Puckett or Joe for, for a lot of people, I would think, or maybe not. I, uh, I think you'd have to put Killebrew in there. Killebrew, ooh, yeah. 
Killebrew might uh, take it for me, honestly. Yeah. You mention it. Right. Um, and then for hockey, like, <laughs> there's so much so much hockey, too. I mean, I don't think you put a wild player on there, do you? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, I think you got to go North Stars. Do you do, you do Neil Broughton, a uh, member of the 1980s Olympic team, by the way? Uh, do you go with, uh, do you go with Mike Madonna? Who do you pick? See, that's the funny thing is I'm trying to think like Mike Madonna clearly had one of the best careers in, in American hockey history. And, uh, he obviously was part of the franchise for years. Right. But he didn't necessarily spend majority of that career in Minnesota. So I don't think I put him there. Um, uh, Neil Broughton had some amazing seasons in in Minnesota. Um, yeah, but, he, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push you on him either. Like you can you can pick who you want. Yeah, I have to go back through the books on hockey because um, there's some great names, but not necessarily great North Stars teams either. Gump Worsley would be a good one, just because you yeah. wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to uh, you wouldn't have to sculpt a mask. <laughs> right. Um, you know, there's uh oh man. I'm trying to think who is that I don't think you put I like a wild the idea player. of just having somebody named Gump on your Mount Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I know a lot of people would really like to see Dino Cicerelli. I mean there he was obviously a fan favorite for a lot of years um in in Minnesota as part of the North Stars. And you know, he obviously had a great career when he wasn't part of the stars either. I know he I think he went to Buffalo for a couple, and then also uh, Detroit for a couple. Uh, he kind of bounced around the league after he was with the uh, with the North Stars, but um, I'd have to go back through. All right, uh, we we I guess we don't have to make any decisions now. Wasn't wasn't Bobby Smith like one of the first stars for the North Stars then? Bobby Smith was he the guy who went number one overall that one time? Yeah, he certainly went number one overall at one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Lawton obviously was the one that fizzled out. Oh, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the first uh, true first round bust in Minnesota history. <laughs> right. Uh, I'd have to go back through. I've got a North Stars book that I could probably look at and come up with some names that you could throw up there. But um, Bobby Smith played in Minnesota for a short while, but he did score 182 goals in 456 games. Granted, yeah. this is like 80s hockey, but at the same time, like you know. Yeah, uh, I think this is a point per game plus. I think the big thing, thing here, though, I mean, like outside of like Marion Gabrick, I don't think you really put a wild player on that mush, Mount Rushmore. Marion Gabrick could have been a good one, too. Yeah, certainly. What if? And if you want to know what if, go back to our episode from last Friday. Pew, pew, we pew, did. Pew, pew. We did a whole bunch of hypotheticals surrounding Marion Gabrick. If, uh, you know, he had more time here with Minnesota and we had uh, definitely was more healthy. So I uh, checked that out. It was a fun exercise. Uh, at times it felt like twisting the, the knife and, and insulting the wound, but other times it was just a lot of fun too. So um, if you're a Minnesota wild fan from the early years, from the expansion years, check that out. I highly recommend that. Um, all right, Tony, we've got, best franchises or I'm sorry, best seasons in franchise history coming up next on the docket. Um, listen through the break and we'll uh, break it down here. Uh, bracket style. You're listening to lockdown wild. All right. 
Welcome back to Locked on Wild. We're going over the best seasons in franchise history for your Minnesota Wild. Tony, you kind of did some prep work as, uh, uh, on this and made a bracket. Yeah, so uh, I, I let, took the eight teams. Or sorry, go ahead. So go, let's go ahead and unveil those matchups. All right, so for the eight best seasons in Minnesota history, it was a little subjective, in not only in terms of what I selected, but how I ordered them. I think the last cut was this year, just because I thought this year, like being able to see the breakout of a guy like Kevin Fiala, I mm-hmm. thought that was something special, and that uh, I think if this season's remembered for anything, it'll be for that, but like bad goaltending and like this team wasn't really that good. Uh, that made it the first cut for me. Not to mention, like, we never really will know if they made it to the postseason or how the season probably was going to end. I mean, I guess all we can say is that we definitely would have won the cup, so we should just yeah that we won the cup. Your uh, 2020 Stanley Cup champions, Minnesota Wild. All right, so I have the number <laughs> one seed, the 2016-17 season, versus the eight seed, the 2017-18 season now, these were not far apart in points, just five points separated these two seasons. Uh, the 2016-17 having 106, and the 2017-18 season having 101 points. But, like, I, I thought that uh, in terms of just, like, how they felt were completely different. Now, there were highlights to both of these uh, in 2016-17. That was Boudreaux's first year. You know, they were number one in the standings. Uh, in, in the Central Division, not the Western Conference. If not, uh, I'm pretty sure at some point it's the NHL uh, during this time uh, until they fell off with a bad march. Uh, the Granlin and Zucker breakouts came out. Uh, Coyle and Nita Ryder had season highs. Uh, Miko Koivu looked like a Selkie guy. Um, yeah. All that stuff was really great. Ends with a pretty bad march with a, with a, with a major funk from Devin Dubnik and running into the buzzsaw that was Jake Allen, but for five games uh, in, yeah. in the first round, getting bounced from that. The next season, pretty similar. In fact, in some ways, even better. Eric Stahl, 42 goals. That was an amazing season from Stahl, including a 13-goal march. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That was really incredible at the time. Like, it was really amazing. And then, of course, you saw that Gremlin and Zucker were for real, but they also ended the season in a real familiar spot, losing the first round and seeing their GM fired. And it kind of felt like, even as as great as Stahl was and even as great as the hockey was to watch in that season, that you were just kind of like, ah, wait, wait till you're in the playoffs. Show me what you do then. That's exactly what that season felt like. It was like, yeah, there was some good spots, there's some bright spots, but the team was really, everybody was really judging on what they were going to do in the postseason, being that it was a pretty much a uh, a five game flop to uh, the 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 Jets that really, I think, put a damper on what was really mostly a successful season. So I don't think it's much of a contest here. Do you? Um, no, I'm going to go ahead and put that sixteen seventeen season. I think that because. It was Boudreaux's first year, and uh, because I think it felt like this team was finally unleashed a little bit. Can we like we finally saw some players who lived up to their potential. Um, uh, I'm going to go 16-17 because I felt like it was a little more unexpected being um, the first year after a coaching change. And, and I and me personally, I thought that uh, they were going to probably take their lumps the first season with under Boudreaux and then actually be better in the second season. 
All right, let's go to the second seed, which is the 2002-2003 playoff, uh, not playoff, sorry. That season as a whole matched up against the 2002-2013 lockout-shortened season. So we are uh, matching up basically the excitement that comes with the deepest playoff run in Minnesota history with the uh, excitement and buzz that came with uh, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise's first season in a Minnesota Wild uniform. Uh, of course, Mikhail Gremlin also made his debut. Just highlights from both. Uh, uh, Dwayne Rollison and Manny Fernandez were really the backbone of that 2002-2003 se- season with uh, Rollison with a 927 save percentage in split time and Manny mm-hmm. Fernandez with a 924. Amazing. And then, of course, you have those playoff moments that you just cannot... Uh, like, it, it's it's hard to compare the excitement that comes with those Game 7 wins in right. both uh, in both the first two rounds, and then uh, of course Game Six when Richard Park won it in Colorado, and the drama that came with the Vancouver series where uh, where Todd Bertuzzi was trash talking Minnesota and their fans, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Minnesota makes that epic comeback from down three one, like both amazing, uh, and then of course the excitement that came with uh, Paris and Suter in their first year, like mm-hmm. that was a that was a team that needed some buzz. And just could not, like, could not have been, I think, more revitalized in that uh, in that first year. Even though both these seasons have kind of some warts on them, uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota in two thousand two two thousand three won just forty two games that year. Not super great, and of course that that ending against uh, John Sebastian Jaguar and the Anaheim Ducks scoring one goal in yeah. the Western Conference wow. Finals is pretty embarrassing. Uh, and then again with uh, with the Wild. The the game I remember most from 2002-2003 was the 5-1 shellacking that Edmonton laid on, on Minnesota in the second-last game of the season, meaning that uh, that they would need yeah. to win that last game of the year, and they did. Mm. They made the playoffs, and then they got swept by... by- no, no, they won one game. They won one game. Yeah. Jason Zucker with an overtime winner against... Uh, yep. Yep. That was the uh, the highlight, big time. Yeah, and you talked about that in twelve thirteen that um, that uh, Edmonton loss. They also not only won their last game, but they they made the postseason by virtue of tiebreaker against Columbus. That I believe is what the well, how that Ooh. broke down as well. Um, I don't think there's any question on this one. I think it's o two o three. I would agree with you there. So we're gonna go to the number three seed, the Northwest winning two thousand seven two thousand eighteen. Versus the uh, 2006-2007 Minnesota Wild. So in 07-08, not only did they win the Northwest Division, but this was Marion Gabrick's best season with a 42-goal season. It was Brent Burns' breakout year. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as as things tend to go to Minnesota, not well when it comes playoff time. No. All of Minnesota's defensemen got hurt and then lost to Colorado. Arguably, though... The 2006-2007 season was better with 104 points. This was Backstrom's rookie year where yep. uh, where him and Manny Fernandez combined to win the William Jennings Trophy. So yep. nobody was scoring against Minnesota that year. Uh, no. Marion Gabrick and Pavel Dimitra were electric that year. That was their first year together. Gabrick had 30 goals in 48 games played, which is about a 50-goal pace. Um, right. We were talking about Gabby's best season coming the year after that. If Gabby had played 82 games, who knows what he might have gotten to. 
And then Minnesota lost in the first round to the Anaheim Ducks. But yeah. at the same time, that Anaheim Ducks team was uh, was one of the best teams I think we might have seen in, in modern history with sure. the combination of, of Chris Pronger and uh, and Scott Niedermeyer on that blue line, that glut of amazing <laughs> forwards. Real good team there. That was the Brad May sucker punch of Kim Janssen. Yes, that was. And that was Jacques Lemaire putting Bougard out on the ice to skate around near the bench to stare at the Ducks. And that was pretty much all that he did. But, man, you know, it saved that seat. I'm sorry. I shouldn't trash talk. But that that's kind of what happened was, like, everybody thought that that was, like, a big thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't a very good series against the Ducks. And the Ducks obviously were good. I believe this was also the Ducks when they first changed their um, their uniforms as well to that ugly-ass orange, brown, and, and black scheme as well. Um, I am going to say that that 06-07 is probably your, your winner here on this one just because uh, obviously more points in the standings and, um, and uh, I think you saw a, a better version of the Wild, a better goaltending tandem that uh, really gave you some hope. Obviously, they both came crashing down in the first round, but uh, even even with the uh, the Northwest Division title banner hanging up, I'm going to go 0607. So we got an upset happening. Pew 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 pew. pew. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to uh, the four five matchup, and that is the 2014-15 season versus the 2013-14 season. Uh, kind of the same most. Overall, I think like they're they're pretty close in, in that like there wasn't like a superstar performance at forward or, or defense. I think that really like dragged this team or either of these teams to the playoffs. Um, the main difference is I guess distribution of how they won because uh, if you remember, of course, the 2014-15 year was the Devin Dubnik year, so they lost yep. a lot early on, and then Devin Dubnik came, and then they never lost another game. And uh, they want to play really? out from what is that how that, is that how that worked out? Because I feel like I, I feel like Yo's team started hot in October and then really cooled off until they hit the December swoon that bled into January that forced the trade again. That the the Wild ended up getting hot again. Yep. towards the last half of the year. I feel like they were good in like until about uh, Thanksgiving when injuries hit. All right, all right, all right. And then okay. there was the 2013-14 season, which, yep. I don't know, I remember that one as being maybe more consistent, or at least in terms of goaltending, there wasn't that sure. uh, there wasn't that insane Devin Dubnik run. Though, of course, Darcy Kemper, to a lesser extent, saved the season there after, after their swoon in January. Uh, but uh, that was the year where they won the, uh, the Colorado playoff round, which I think was a better and more exciting one than the one that they won in 2014-15 against the Blues. Right. Uh, they uh, they put up their best fight against Chicago. Remember the Dubnik year? They they got swept by Chicago. But other than mm-hmm. that, but other than the playoffs, I don't remember that much in terms of like memorable moments from the 2013-14 season. Whereas I do remember uh, when Devin Dubnik just could not lose for three months. I know they were both dealing with swoons. I believe. Um... Darcy Kemper had to come in and save the bacon of the wild after Josh Harding basically never returned after the Christmas break to try, after he made a, a change to his reg, his MS regimen. Um, 
Yeah. I, you know what? That's a real close call. I'm probably going to lean 14, 15 here, but um, there are some things to that 13, 14 season that uh, I, I do remember that do kind of stick out. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go 14, 15 on this one. All right. All right, we've got more. We're going to get into your semifinal matchups of the uh, of the best seasons in franchise history. Right after a short pause, you're listening to Locked On Wild. Welcome back here on Locked On Wild. We are doing the best seasons in franchise history. Tony, you created a bracket. We unveiled those matchups. Now we're on to the second round. Actually, it's going to be the semifinals here. We've got uh, – actually, I'll let you go through them here. Um and uh, we'll we'll work on the next uh, the next series of uh, of games here or seasons. <laughs> All right. So next on deck, we got the number one seed, the 2016-17 season versus the 2006-07 season. Now, uh, obviously, the 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 season up uh, up on top was you know our pick for uh, for a reason, right? That was mm-hmm. a that was a really good year. Minnesota's best regular season. Is there any argument for the twenty oh six oh seven season? Just two points off. Ooh, um, I think we saw. I think we saw better goaltending. I think we saw a real homegrown Minnesota Wild club. I think in in oh six oh seven. Um, but. There was something about that 16-17 season that I think for the first time in a long time that Wild fans really allowed themselves to have some hope that they had a real legit contender. Um, I think uh, when you're talking about points percentage, the Wild for the longest time had the best uh, record in the Western Conference, even though, you know, by points – and games played because it seemed like Chicago always had more games played. Therefore they had, I think just usually slightly, a, a, you know, a one point or two points ahead of the wild. It always looked like the, the, the Blackhawks had that until there was a little period there. in um, and I think February where the, uh, the wild kind of overtook the, the Blackhawks. But other than that, who you know the, the Wild were, were really really good. Um, also from the sixteen seventeen season, if you remember, we also had I think like a ten game or eleven game win streak near uh, cl- close to the end of the uh, the calendar year of twenty sixteen. Uh, I certainly don't remember a Wild team doing that, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was unreal hockey. Um, saw some of the favorite players have breakouts. Mm, this Look is at a some of these under twenty fives on the uh, on the oh six oh seven team. If you'll yeah let me. okay yep. Uh, you had a twenty four year old Marion Gabrick mm-hmm. with fifty seven points, thirty goals, and forty eight games. You had Pierre Marc Bouchard, twenty two years old, twenty goal season, career high, and fifty seven points. You had Miko Koivu at age twenty three, twenty goal season, fifty four points he put up, and of course a twenty one year old Brent Burns. Uh, you know, we're 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 starting to we're starting to run out. Even Nick Schultz was just twenty four <laughs> years old there. Like, wow, okay. like I I can't imagine Nick Schultz being younger than thirty, like ever. But um, you know, like this was the most talented wild team that they had had up to that point. Absolutely, and um, I know Jacques Lemaire was the head coach, and 
I still think like the 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 goaltending that you got in that season in 06, 07 is still one that might be enough to put them over the edge, but and then Rolston and Demetra and Gabrick, like this was a deep team up front. Absolutely. Whew. But it's it's Miko Koyavu, Jason Zucker, and Mikhail Granlin, and it's and it's Nino Earwriter and Charlie Coyle, and it's uh Devin Dubnik. Um Martin Skula, just 27 years old in this season. Okay, 16, 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I thought I'd put up a fight, but uh, but I but I stepped in it at the end. I stepped in it at the I end. I think you sandbagged it. <laughs> All right, and then we got the number two seed, the, uh, the 2002-03 season versus the 2014-15 season. So the Dubnik year versus the amazing playoff run. Hmm. I think the Dubnik year is better in the regular season for sure. Yeah, uh, I I can't make any other argument though. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that playoff run was too special. That o two o three season, we also didn't have to deal with the spoon. I mean, the Wild hit the hit the gas pedal in October, and probably I I think they even that that October they had one of the best winning. Uh, percentages for the month of October in franchise history that I think um, w- uh, I don't think has yet been broken. I think it's been tied a couple times, but I don't think it's been broken. And, um, and they just seem to kind of do what they did and lock down um, and, and played well. I mean, we're talking about players like Jim Dowd, Brad, Brad Bombardier. I mean, Cliff Ronning, to me was kind of a free agent signing, uh, you know, that, that savvy veteran kind of player. And I think he was pretty pivotal, uh, pretty pivotal in uh, the, the latter part of that year, including uh, the playoff series. Um, we're talking, you know, uh, you know, Nick Schultz, Andrew Brunette had obviously had the goal for the ages. Uh, Pascal Dupuis. Uh, you had <laughs> relative no names like Bill McCult. I, I don't know. I just, uh, Sergei Joltak was a part of that team, and I, man, I, uh, Argon <sighs> Beast from Twitter, uh, pointed out something about this season that uh, that blew my mind when I heard it. Wes Walls was a real, honest to goodness Selkie finalist this year. Really? Okay. He was third in in Selkie voting. Wow, that's crazy. Can um, you imagine somebody with thirty two points being a Selkie nominee now? No, not with some of the uh, name recognition stuff that goes out there nowadays either. One strike against this season, though. What's that? Was this was the year that uh, that NHL Hits 2003 was out in? Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you about something about the Minnesota Wild in NHL Hits 2003. They weren't good. Very bad. <laughs> That's uh, man. Their lineup gave you uh, gave you Cliff Ronning. Pretty good, fast mm-hmm. player. Mary Gabrick, very skilled, but uh, but you know I think this was before this year, uh, where you know maybe uh, maybe you would have thought Mary Gabrick was for real and put the stats on Turbo Drive. And then as a defenseman, they didn't put a defenseman in there. They put Jim Dowd. Oh yuck! Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, I so am you still have to go and, and and insert Andrew Brunette into that lineup, and even then it still wasn't that great. Yeah. I I'm still going to go because even as a, 
as a, a high schooler, you know, a sophomore kid that year, uh, getting captivated by the, uh, the Minnesota wild. I, uh, I'm going to go with 0203 just because that playoff run is absolutely something that um, I haven't, it, it just captivated the imagination. Like what if this team that just had all the odds up against it, just figured out a way and obviously they couldn't solve Jean Sebastian Giguere, but I'm going 0203. Yeah. Same here. Uh, you know, as exciting as the Dubnik run was that playoff run, like you just you just can't mess with a playoff run, or can you? Because we got the number one two matchup right there, 20, uh, 2016-17 versus two thousand two two thousand three, amazing regular season dominance versus a magical postseason. Where do you land, Joe? Whew. And that's that's where the crux of this right is because you've got magical postseason. Obviously the games are heightened. There's much more at stake in the postseason. But when you look at the regular season, it's, it's proven over a much larger sample season, uh, uh, sample size of, uh, of what the best team was. Obviously that 16, 17 team was clearly the better team. When you look at all the talent it had, uh, and and what it did during the regular season, but that postseason, man, I'm telling you, it just captivated the imagination of this entire market. And when teams are great around here, there's nothing like it. And I am so, fighting with this one. So let me let me let me maybe make my argument uh, for the 2016-17 team. I know it ended in huge disappointment with Jake Allen, but which team was more fun to watch? I think that's not even a question. <laughs> no, you're probably right. Uh, wasn't. Uh, I'll leave it up to you, though, Joe. Mm-hmm. But what would you rather watch? Would you rather watch Jacques Lemaire hockey that played to ten ties, or would you rather <laughs> watch fun running gun Bruce Boudreaux hockey? I think they were oh, one of the man. leaders, if not the leader, in goals yeah. per game that year. When you put it like that, um, clearly the. The way the the um, the aesthetics of the game was was so much better in sixteen seventeen. But um, damn it, you want wins, you want wins, and you want them in the playoffs. And by oh. Jove, the two thousand two two thousand three uh, team did that. And man, I am really not making this easy for you. No, you're not. Uh, I am going to give it two. 0203. Wow! <laughs> I bet it gone the other way, but wow! Joe, <laughs> I left it up to you. So, the 2002-2003 <laughs> season is the winner for the best Minnesota Wild season ever. It is. Wow. Um, Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> See other I, Locked On podcasts for details. And you certainly can uh, email us at uh, LockdownWild at gmail.com to voice your opinion on whether or not we got this wrong. Um, I'm taking uh, the higher six playoff games, uh, obviously, over the, uh, the uh, was it six-game, five-game uh, defeat that uh, the Wild had at, at the hands of Jake Allen. The Wild should have beat them. They didn't. That's where I'm at. So... Uh, I understand where you're coming from. Aesthetically pleasing. The Wild were a much better team. And uh, 
but those playoff seasons or those playoff wins. So, no, no, right. no, no, I get it. You know, when you get to see uh, when you get to see Willie Mitchell and Brad Bombardier <laughs> patrolling the blue line, walking the blue line, you got to go with that. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OhHiTony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button. Make sure you get downloaded. It does help us out. And uh, it also makes sure that you don't have to do any extra work every time there's a new episode. You can also leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us get found by uh, other wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look us up at LockedOnWild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Like I said, voice your opinions. Maybe we got this uh, this bracket wrong. Maybe I am uh, thinking too uh, nostalgically about the, that 0203 run. Who knows? You can call me an idiot in the email box. Email us at lockedonwild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.